You are listening to ESO All-Stars. Greetings, everybody. My name is Mark Taylor, a.k.a. Lord Hammer from GaleArmor.com, and this is the ESO All-Stars. Uh, we have added uh, two new faces to the show, so we have Force. What's going on, sir? Hello. Happy to be here. And we've also got that road guy from TSOcast. What's going on, man? Hey, guys. And my camera just went defunct again. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. Hey, there it is. All right. Hi, everyone. So we will uh, go around the horn. Uh, we've got Avarowin and the Widget from the Quest Gaming Network. What's going on, fellas? Hey, hey, what's going on? Thanks for having us again. Yeah, very welcome. We also have Andrew, a.k.a. Atropos, from uh, Tamriel Foundry. Hello, Internet. We've got Kyle, although I think it says Josh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's, he's Josh today. We'll fix that. Um, and then we've also got Brian from GameSkinny. What's going on, brother? Hello, what's up, everybody? And Jesse, we can't forget you. You're, you know, hello, friend expert. <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess the the news that we were kind of kicking around before we went live, and uh, you know, I think we're experiencing a little bit of lag because there's like a billion people in here that we're trying to stream. Um, a billion, one billion, <laughs> one each. Uh, so we had something go on. We had a live stream uh, go on last week. So Ivarwin, I was wondering if you could uh, kind of chat that up with us a little bit, and we could kind of talk about it and go around go around horn. Yeah, of course. Um, so, so I guess we're looking to get into the uh, the ESO live stream, right? Yes, sir. All right. So this was kind of unprecedented. All right. Never before, at least in my recollection. Maybe you guys can check me on it. So it's, it's great that everyone's here. Um, have we had a live stream of a game? where you had an unadulterated look at what the game is going to look like more than six months before it even launches. I mean, they've said spring 2014, so I would say that's more than six months at this point. Yep. Um, at least. At least, right? So, I mean, you're looking at, at really, really sensitive stuff, and they're just like, have fun with it. Just take a look at what we did. 30 minutes of it, too. And, uh, I mean, it was just... I thought it was fantastic footage, and I'm really excited that that they did it. Um, among other things, I mean, we've got a long list of stuff that that we've seen, and maybe you didn't quite catch. Um, one thing, now, we were seeing Nick Conkle's uh, gameplay during uh, during the stream, and one of the things that that he was he was streaming with obviously it was his character but it was a templar now if you've been following the news and, and in the classes and all that uh you're fully aware that a templar is generally going to be a heavy armored character who's you know got some heal ability and um is mostly a melee fighter but nick was just going crazy with with this build um and that was one of the things that that i happened to notice so you know, I guess uh, Mark, if you want to start the discussion off with this, you know, why don't why don't we uh, why don't we start do- talking about some of the things that we happen to notice that that struck us by surprise? So I'm going to turn that right over to uh, Atropos. What surprised you? Uh, what surprised me? Well, I think there were a couple things that were pretty interesting about um, 
about the QuakeCon footage. I thought it was a real landmark for ZeniMax, definitely getting that first look at the game out there for people, as, uh, as Ivarwin said. Uh, I don't know how unprecedented I would call it. I guess, I mean, it, it's, nice. it's nice to see. It's nice to see, and I hope that we'll see more of it. I'll leave it at that. But I think that, um, I guess maybe what surprised me, and uh, you know, not to put a little bit of a negative slant on things, but it did feel a little bit like a missed opportunity to me. And I think it was great for them to show the footage, but I think that the way that it was done um, maybe left a couple of open doors for, for people not really to quite understand what they were seeing. And I think you, to elaborate really quickly on what I mean by that. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, can you explain that? Because I, I did not see this. I would love to know what exactly took place. Yeah, so, I mean, I talked to a lot of people after the, uh, after the demo and people who've played the game, people who haven't played the game. And... Um, it seems like a lot of people who've had hands-on time experience with ESO thought that it went fairly well. And a lot of the people who'd never played the game before were kind of a little bit lost, being like, oh, you know, that didn't, that didn't look so good. It looked spammy, combat looked, like, repetitive, like it was just a lot of clicking. Um, and I think, I think there were, like, four main reasons why that happened. So one was that Paul Sage was doing sort of the MC gig where he was uh, narrating Nick Conkle's gameplay. And I think that... Um, you know, you, you can only do that so effectively, and I think that that setup made it difficult. Where if Nick was the one who, if it were a discourse, or if it had been Nick maybe sort of explaining some of the things he'd been doing live, it would have communicated a lot better what was happening in the game. Um, I also think that the dungeon context was, you know, it was. I think it was great that they showed a dungeon because yeah. it's reassuring to the fans to see that they have group dungeons, but. A lot of the like best part of ESO's combat system is when you're going up against a mob and you get to react to it. You get to react to its power attacks. You get to interrupt it. You get to dodge roll out of the way of something. And the dungeon context just didn't really give him the opportunity to demonstrate that in a way that was clear to people. I mean, because the, the, especially, you know, you compound that with the first person view that he was using throughout the demo, and it was a little bit chaotic. It was a little bit difficult to see. To, to notice, oh, like, that's a spellcaster, and so I'm going to go over there and I'm going to interrupt it, and that's one of the cool things you can do in this game that sets it apart. And so I think that that was maybe a little bit of a miss, because some of the people who haven't played the game uh, communicated to me that they didn't pick up on that that sort of stuff was going on. Um, and I guess the fourth thing, because I mentioned four things, was just that the choice of bow as a weapon, I think it was great that they showed that, because a lot of people were like, the bow is vaporware, there is no bow, um, and so, you know, this, like, sort of dispelled those myths that there is a bow. But, again, because of, like, some of the aspects of ESO combat that make it unique and really fun, staying at the back of the group and just sort of plink, 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 you know, it wasn't, like, the most dramatic thing he could have done, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to make being a, a bowman an epic event unless <laughs> you're able to probably zero in on something and see, like, a headshot or get a hey, one-shot or, or something, right? are always epic but, events. If I can, if I can just interject for a moment, um, Mark, you're right. But here's here's why it was an epic event. Not only was was Nick using the bow, um, but he most most users, uh, most people who use a bow, don't usually wear heavy armor. He was getting all these perks from the heavy armor by wearing that. He was using the bow. He was also using um, Templar uh, DPS magic skills that were on his hotbar and healing all at the same time. That I think coupled all together really showed the strength of 
of Elder Scrolls Online. And we saw all of this when, when they took us through character creation. We saw how he was generating his character, too, in the very beginning. Was that what people noticed, though? Was Because, I mean, that sounds awesome. And that's one of yeah. the things I really look forward in this game. But was that what people noticed? Because when, when I have not been playing the game, definitely don't have beta. <laughs> I, when people are, are in the room looking at it, the things they notice are, especially ranged characters, are that it's it's not nearly as cool as melee characters. I think like bow and staff and those things uh, uh, always look less impressive than a melee character who's like in the face of an enemy and moving yeah. around and doing all sorts of things. If you're in the back, it's just I, I don't. I mean, you can see more. Like visually, you can get a bigger picture of what's happening if you're doing a, a playthrough or you're showing off the game. But for someone watching. It really does look like just button spam. So I don't know what, what the average opinion would have been at the end of the day from people watching it. That okay, bows are so, epic. I mean, it's problems that they had with this presentation. It's just it didn't really translate that well. Like, it's hard for the viewer who hasn't played the game to really understand what's going on. And they weren't doing a step-by-step. You know, he's interrupting this attack. Um, he's blocked a power attack, knocked him on the ground, and then he's going to return with attack. You know, none of that right. stuff was really explained. And to the uninitiated, it probably just looked like button spamming again like jesse said especially from ranged not quite as dynamic fighting because you're just throwing range spells so i mean i guess i kind of got a conflicting message from what you were saying i mean is it a missed opportunity or was it an opportunity where it was just something that's hard to convey to a user who's not invested like we are in this game andrew anybody oh yeah (laughs) following up with me (laughs) i'm sorry um Oh, gosh. Well, if I call it a missed opportunity, that's maybe a bit harsh. Um, I mean, it's definitely a, a, a nice milestone for the, the studio. And, I mean, it's really exciting for them to show the game to people in, in a very public context. Um, and so I'm sure they're thrilled that it's even happened. Um, in terms of, like, what might have made the best first impression, I think maybe a little bit more of the, like, him adventuring around by himself before going to the dungeon maybe taking on a couple mobs, like maybe some cooler mobs than just like one or two little like bandits. Um, I mean, there's a lot of cool enemies in the game, allegedly. Um, and so... Uh, <laughs> we, we would not know. We have no yeah. evidence. It's, it's been claimed that there are some cool enemies you can fight. And I mean, I think maybe showing some of those, showing how you maybe need to adjust your tactics, especially when you're taking on a group of enemies by yourself. There's just so much there that could have really wowed people a little bit more by like oh this is this is a combat system that looks more interesting than what i've seen in other mmos so in that in that respect yeah maybe it was a little bit of a miss but still a very nice moment for zoss all right so uh road that road guy from tso cast welcome um did you get a chance to check out the stream and absolutely yeah so what are some of the things that you were either looking for or found interesting or found that were maybe problematic? Well, overall, uh, being I'm probably one of the few people here who hasn't gone to an event who hasn't had an actual chance to play the game yet, you know, I was one of those people, you know, from the outside looking in. So I actually got a, a, you know, a little bit of depth into seeing how the game works, you know, see how some of the mechanics works, see some of the flashy abilities, which is really what I'm interested in. But overall, like, the bow was one thing I was really worried about because I know a lot of people like the bow. I like to use the bow, despite, you know, my shtick of being a Nord running around with a greatsword. Um, so I was really interested in how that was actually going to work in an MMO 
environment where you know a lot of people are going to be playing in third person. So it was nice to kind of get an idea of how it looked in first person and in third person. And primarily, I'm probably going to play in first person, so I really did like the opportunity to see it in full motion, which has been kind of lacking in previous presentations. Now, do you PvP at all? I love PvP. So do you think that you're going to PvP in first person? You know, uh, from my co-host, I've been getting a lot of flack for this, but I really want to. Like, I, mean, I don't make it work like third right? person. Because that's RPs. Yeah, it just seems like the people who uh, who, who PvP in first person are just going to be bait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or target uh, practice or something. Please, you know? be in first person when you come up against me, please. I mean, we do have a duel in the future. You know, you and me, me and Marwin. We'll see how it works out. As long as it's one-on-one, I, I think I'll have a decent opportunity. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't feel like That's it's right. going to happen, but as long as it's one-on-one. <laughs> right. I will eat uh, you alive, son. <laughs> so, so Forrest, what, what were your impressions? I mean, anything else or anything different? Or Sure. Um, I guess a few things to touch on. We've talked about like the first person, and I think one of it seemed like one of the overwhelming complaints, and I've touched on this in some videos I made, but it seemed like some of the overwhelming complaints were just of the combat animations. And I'd like to touch on it here just because I don't know if you guys have talked about it on this podcast in the past, just the implementation of the first-person perspective animations and how it's relatively new. And I think it's important for people to keep that in mind. And I know that you mentioned earlier uh, that this is sort of unprecedented, and I agree. To to be so far removed from release and for them to do a no-holds-bar live stream, that's a big risk. And, um, And the fact that they have just... It was earlier this year when they mentioned, so first person's in the game, but there's no animations. And then there was a huge outcry, and then their response to that was, we're including animations. So they did a a majority of that live stream in first-person perspective, and the animations of first-person perspective are fairly new. And they've only, as far as we can tell, unless they worked on it in the past and then retroactively decided to remove it and then decided to re-add it, that they've they've been working on first person animations for less than a year, and for them to choose to live stream that, a I understand it because they're trying to pull in the Elder Scrolls online crowd or the the, the single player Elder Scrolls crowd, but b it's it's risky because it's a, it's something new that they've just recently began began development on. So Anytime. I think they took a big chance, and for some people, there I mean there were complaints about the. The animations. A lot of people forget that this is still an early beta for the game. It's not due to be released until beginning of next year at some point. It's still got a long way to go, and it's going to be a. The animations are not going to be tweaked yet. That's one of the last things that most video game companies do is tweak the animations to make them look smooth. They want to get all the rest of the content, the important stuff, in first, and then make everything look pristine. So every time you're going to look at any kind of live video of an early beta game, it's going to look kind of clunky on the animations. It's going to be a, a given, like you said. They haven't been working on it that long. It's going to be a given. Yeah. But, but um, over, oh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, but where the mechanics, where the mechanics sound, even if the animations did not match, did the mechanics at least seem sound? Because I'll be honest, I didn't see it. I was traveling. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I absolutely think. I, I've had play experience with uh, Elder Scrolls uh, in the past, Elder Scrolls Online. At, uh, specifically, Pax East was when I played it most recently. And I think the game plays phenomenally. And I think it's one of those things where people might look at that live stream and, and write it off for whatever their perception of it may be. But I think 
if this game eventually goes into an open beta phase before its launch, which I'm assuming is going to happen, um, that once people get a chance to play it, I think they'll really enjoy it because it is a nice mix between Elder Scrolls combat and then a typical MMO. You're aiming at something, you're hitting a hotkey, you cast an ability. Um, and Jesse, were you going to say something? I saw you raising no, your hand. No, I, I mean, I, I, I have nothing to say. I have not seen this video. Mm. So I feel a little left out. And <laughs> I mean, I the minute we're done here, I'm going to go watch because I want to see exactly... I've been hammering this home for a while. Like, I truly believe that the ranged combat needs to be tweaked to get to the level that the melee combat is. Because melee is terrific in this game. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly terrific. <laughs> you, you, you played it at E3. You remember. Oh, yeah, I did, yeah. I, I, played, <laughs> you, I played it in many places. But uh, just a really great example, um, I, at E3 I was with a friend, and she was playing melee and I was playing ranged, and our experiences were totally different. Like, she was blown away by what, what she played. And I was like, meh. It's, it's, they're getting better. Right? It's one of those things where it, it's that, it, it feels like you're still playing a little bit of a WoW game. And I want it to feel more visceral and more, like, because when you're melee, you're in there, and there's a lot of stuff to dodge and move and get out of the way from. I, I just, they just need to be a little more even, I think. That's why I'm curious to see what it, it actually looked like, what playing with the bow looked like. Uh, if you don't mind, Mark, I've got a, a, pretty, a pretty good dissection of what we actually saw on the video, uh, if you want me to take you through it. Yeah, just hit, hit like, a couple of highlights. Yeah, sure. Um, so one of the first things that we saw was was character generation. Um, Nick made a, uh, a level fifteen Templar uh, started out in Marwind, and one of the first things that we saw was the switch between first and third person view, um, which is obviously a big thing. We also saw uh, mounted. Uh, Did you see their hands? Uh, yes, because you know yes. that's important. It yes, is. That's like the angle right there, right? Can <laughs> I see the hands and and the weapon? That's <laughs> left, right. They're both here. Let's go. Head so, tracking, uh, we shall go. <laughs> a little bit of Nick's combat style at the time, right? Okay, ranged bow and arrow with a fire enchant. He also had heavy armor. He was dual wielding uh, one-handed uh, sword and mace with poison enchants on them. Nice. All right, he was able to swap out his loadouts with a single button click. All right, he was also able to sneak to get crit bonuses with that bow and arrow, which we saw uh, in Fungal Grotto, which was the instance they did later on. Um, um, also, he used uh, DPS magic and minor healing support. They did mention that it was fully voiced. They jumped right into exploration. Uh, there was a Skyrim-style-esque compass on the top of, of Nick's uh, UI, pointed out mm-hmm. all of the points of interest that are in the area. He, uh, he went to some of those points, and we were able to get an idea of what exploration would be like in, in the game through that. Um, I, also, I just want to say that like having you and... All these other guys shows just how little prepared I am for this sometimes. Yvarwin <laughs> <laughs> likes to be overprepared for our shows, how, which is how quite fantastic. Prepared I am. For- um, I'm giving you the highlights. Yvarwin, <laughs> and it's yeah, the highlights. Folks. You know what the biggest? Don't hate the man for it. He's filling us in. <laughs> no, the, I'm, now, I'm not. Now worthy. we can pretend like we know what happened. The biggest Whoa, highlight for me, guys, <laughs> seriously, was the LFG system. That made me squeak. Yes. That was a big deal for me. Um, and every MMO I've been into that didn't have an elf looking for group system wound up having one down the road because it becomes a necessity for any MMO, especially when you're dealing with any kind of group-based environment like uh, dungeons or raids, that kind of thing. It becomes important because not everyone, well, the vast majority are not going to be in large guilds and not going to have everyone all the time to run dungeons with. They don't want to sit there for 15 hours trying to look for somebody. That makes life easier for them. 
that is a big deal. I was extremely excited to see that in the game and how it worked. And they're launching with it. Which is brilliant. Yeah. Yep. Big clap to them for that. That was a big <laughs> deal for me. Yeah. And it, the LFG interface was, was extremely easy to use, too. Uh, it came with drop-down menus. You can you can look for you know random groups uh, for dungeons, alliance campaigns, world content, master dungeons, which they haven't even spoken about yet. It's sort of uh, a level, which was very nice. Yeah, so the, you can actually tell if you can go or not. So that was good. Yeah, uh, they you know highlighted Fungal Grotto, and then they went in, and you could see Nick's fighting style. This guy was able to do anything and everything depending on the situation. He was healing people, DPSing mobs. Keeping himself alive, staying in the yeah. back, going all the way up front. I mean, it was it was fantastic. That so, was the thing that popped out the most for me was the fact that they're yeah. kind of breaking down that regular tank DPS healer. I mean, it's still there, but um, you know, it's more freeform. It feels more realistic, like a like you might actually encounter that sort of thing. Um, so. Yeah, that was yeah. one of my favorite things. So, so let me ask you a question real quick, and I guess this goes out to the general, the, the entire group, the panel. Is the fact that you could be a jack-of-all-trades going to screw things up for the Trinity? And I know that every, well, not every, a lot of MMO developers have been saying, oh, we're trying to you know do something new and get rid of the Trinity, and you can play how you want. And that sounds great. And that's one of those things that like briefs very well on paper, but... In terms of practical application, the Trinity kind of just works, not necessarily because they designed it that way, but just because that just seems to be the natural order or the balance of things. Do you see that being a problem? Because I have heard, and you know, I played Guild Wars for you know a couple months before I kind of got petered out. Do you see that being a problem? Because I felt that being a problem in Guild Wars 2. Do you find that as a potential problem in this game? Can I jump and, on that really quick? Sure. Please do. I totally agree with you. The Trinity exists for a reason because it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guild Wars 2 tried to get away from that and tried to be like, everyone can be a healer and everyone can try and take if they want to. That was nonsense. The first like three <laughs> months of that game, seriously, the first three months of that game, doing a dungeon was near impossible because everyone wanted to do damage. No one wanted to heal. You, no one wanted, Everyone was running around like, I'm shooting things. You, you had you five would, DPS and they took turns dying. In order until <laughs> you know they took turns then, dying until they could down the boss. Yeah, you would just keep running back, and the boss would just whittle down, but you would die over and over and over again, and it was a mess. And I think eventually, in a game that said, "Oh no, we're not going to do a Trinity," there became this. You know, you had your tank, you had your DPS, and you had your healer, mm-hmm. and I think it works, and so people are comfortable with it. And I, I will gladly accept that this game has that but allows you to be anything to be those. Yeah, I think exactly. that's the key. The locked-in trinity is the bad thing that I can't stand. I was going to say, you play a certain role, you play this class, you are stuck as that role. You can't get out of it unless you re-roll this and re-roll that, and you spend boo time yeah. trying to get a new way. In ESO, you can switch between on the fly. In combat, I mean, in the beginning, I remember they were talking about being able to switch between different you know, weapons and thus roles, but you, they wouldn't allow you to do it. Well, in combat, well, they reverse that, and now you can do it in combat, which makes it the amount of strategy and the amount of things you can do is, is incredible. When you, especially when you have like five people, all with different types of roles they can fulfill on a moment's need. So let me yeah. ask you a question then, real quick. Does do you think that people will over time, kind of like using the Bartle scale on how people like to play MMOs, will just natural naturally end up creating their character that's going to fall within a trinity? 
Because I can't imagine very many people who are just going to be a total jack of all trades well, relative I, to a playstyle, right? Yeah, I think it's one of those things where people have to keep in mind about this game, it, with the exception of your class skills lines, which are the three, and your race skill line. While you can have access to every other skill in the game, you still are able to specialize, and that's going to happen with anyone who's going to be serious about doing PvE or PvP. You're going to have dedicated tanks and dedicated healers and dedicated DPS, because even though the option to mix it up is there, if you want to specialize to be ideal, it's like it's like the concept of hybrid classes. Hybrid classes are good at a few things, but not the best at anything in particular. Right. So if people who people who want to be in that high-end PvP or raiding guilds or whatever, they are going to specialize, and, and you can do that. The option is there. So, so then I, you... Go ahead. Oh, I'll say, can I ask a question, I guess, to the panel? I'm going to steal your thunder here. Um, <laughs> would it work? Because this is something you always see, just like Dennis was talking about. Um, when you do a single like uh, tree of skills... Usually, if you put all your points into that at the very top, there's something special you get because you decided to go all DPS, you decided to become a healer or whatever. Would it benefit a game to be like, hey, we're going to create something where you get a special thing if you go like a little bit into both or something that you couldn't have access to if you didn't like if you didn't try to be a healer DPS or a tank DPS and add that. So there's something to go for. So you aren't stuck like there's some end game spell that is equally as powerful as something you would get just by going one tree. Would that ever I work? Think, so like a rank five it, of a spell level one, it just keeps stacking over time. You're saying? Well, I mean, it would be like I'm trying to think of an example. Like uh, if you were a tank and at, at your very top thing was like a resurrection spell. So the minute you're killed, you resurrect automatically. Like that was your big like oh self res. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like that's your big tank ability. So if you decided, well, I'm going to be like tanky DPS, uh, you get a super like 30 point ability or whatever it would be. And, and so you put all these points into it and that's your like max level skill. And in this one is like, I don't Kinda know. Like what yeah, yeah. We're, we're, if you take go two trees, you get something special for that rather than just being at one. Would that ever work? Would that be an incentive for people to branch out and do more crazy things? I think that... Um, so in, in, most of my MMO, <laughs> in most of my MMO experience, it seemed to me that um, hybridization is usually its own reward in that you know, if you have sort of thematically distinct skill lines that each have like one niche that they are especially proficient in, if you hybridize out of that skill line into something else, that versatility that you get is often a really potent thing to add to your character build. And I worry that if you were to put sort of um, threshold or milestone perks at certain critical build points, then you would have an even greater tendency towards cookie cutters and uh, sort of optimal oh, builds where there's those like sweet spots where, oh, you take just enough tank and just enough DPS to get you know, just that one ability. I guess I'm stuck in like a, a raid mindset where I'm thinking that that special ability is what sets you apart from other people in mm-hmm. your raid or your big group. And so if you don't have that in a, in a single player or in just a questing game, that's great. You can be a, you can keep yourself alive and heal yourself or whatever. But in a raid situation or a PvP situation, you're holding everyone back, and so they don't invite you. And I, I just don't know what, where like the the middle ground is there to make people have fresh, new, great builds and everyone's different and everyone is their own character without 
uh, a guild leader being like, we can't take you. Not that we don't want to, we just can't because you're going to hold us back. So you just kicked up a whole can of worms with that one for the fact that, I mean, I've seen people get kicked out of raid groups because they don't have X build. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, what are the ramifications of that? Right, but that, that's only the top tier. I mean, there's gonna. I think the great thing that they're doing with this game too is there is a very big focus on small groups of four people, solo quest line, and then the fifty plus of you going through the other faction zones. Like, there's going to be a big portion of people who don't need a don't need ideal builds because they're not going to be in the top tier raid groups and stuff like that. The problem is that top tier though influences everyone else, and everyone wants to be top tier. Or have the, like, I'm as good as them, I just choose not to be with them. And so everyone, it, like, trickles down. And, uh, and you know, if if Elder Scrolls can be like, no, we don't want that, and stop that, preemptively stop that from happening, then that would change the way the game's played. So, but the key is stopping it. So wait a minute. But they don't have raids in the context that we're used to. Correct. Yes, correct. So, right. so I mean, it might actually, I don't know, be a self-looking ice cream cone at that <laughs> point in time, right? Because you're looking at, I think they called it a five-man adventure or something to that degree. So, Well, they've said publicly that 24 is the size they're looking at for large group PvE, right? at least for now. Okay, so right there we're pointing out something in the, in the PR, in the marketing, in the messaging that they need to clear up because I thought I was in the know, but I'm still kind of confused as to what their in-game... PVE event is going to be. I guess they're not calling it a raid, and it was communicated that you know they're going to do it and execute it in a different way, which I completely respect. But remember, I mean, Andrew, you and I were at PAX East. We were sitting there, and the day before we went there, uh, they basically had stated that oh, well, we're not going to have raids. And then when we were going and talking to different groups, they were you know the different MMO developers were saying well, we have raids, you know, and they were kind of using that against them to kind of market themselves or yeah. even some would say in confidence, well, we're kind of concerned that they're saying that they don't have raids. So do they have a marketing PR issue where they're just not communicating that clearly? Because I got to admit, I'm pretty confused. What is their in-game thing? Is If it's not a raid, what what the heck is it? I think it's going to be epic battle kind of things where it's, you know, <clears throat> you're, you're like 24 people defending against 500 there's not going to be like a single boss that's bigger than everybody in the room. You know, it's going to be a well, large. So, I mean, fight. I get that they've communicated that it's not going to be clear trash, beat a boss in a room, go to a next room, clear trash, beat a boss in a room. But, I mean, has anyone gotten any information? Because I think that the time is now that they need to start, you know, clearing that up. I mean, if yeah. no one else in here in this panel is mm-hmm. going to kick this hornet's nest, I'm going to kick it and say, you need to get your messaging clear so guilds can figure out what the heck they're going to do. Well, I think they the, the smart thing to do for them would be like save it all because when they talk about endgame, they need to talk about it in with, like with like in a message like this is they need to be on point with that stuff because that's what sells the game for mm-hmm. hardcore gamers and those are the guys who are going to influence the internet. So I think they really need to save up everything they're doing with that come at it all at once and be like, this is how Endgame looks, and it'll blow your minds. Because if they trickle it out, that'll let people criticize things that they haven't said yet. And right. so I think they need to hold back, but you're right, that's it's one of the single most important things for them, because that determines longevity of the game. Uh, right, because I mean, they they just need to... If it's not a raid, then what is it? I mean, 
or if it is a raid and you just want to execute it differently, cool. What can we look forward to? Because I know several guild leaders that have told me <laughs> that they lost guild members when they heard that there was no raids. And I think that the way that was communicated to the game press was either interpreted incorrectly or was communicated poorly or what have you. But people quit guilds. This game is not coming out for another year, and dudes are quitting guilds because there's no raid, you know? Well, shame on them. Yeah, that's retarded. <laughs> shame, shame, on, shame on you for being that impressionable and, and not bearing through this and, and checking out what exactly this is. You said it yourself, well, Mark. Mean? This game's not coming out for a long time. We don't Agreed. know exactly what the game's you know, I mean, like. It's, you gotta follow it. I think there's there's a whole part of the game they haven't even really talked about yet, and that's the adventure zones and what's going to be going on there. And that's where most of this large-scale combat is going to be taking place. I think that's why they haven't really gone into uh, what's going to be going on with this large group content. It's because they haven't elaborated on what these adventure zones are going to entail. They could be something like mini uh, AVA-type things where you and your 24 people you're with are going to go and siege some kind of keep that does have a rather large boss, but then you also have to get through these other large groups that you also have to concentrate your attacks on and everything else. That, so, but that's clearing trash. That kind of defeats No, but it's not if it's, if it's the whole like keep that you're actually having to uh, break down just to get to the boss that's within. Don't think of it as like a dungeon, but an actual structure you have you to know, break down. When it comes to the, to, whole, to the whole trash thing, it's how you present the so-called trash makes it trash or an actual adventure in the game. So having the extra enemies can be a very can be very uh, beneficial to certain situations if it's presented in the correct way. If it's just, okay, we got this group of mobs here, here, and here down this corridor that you have to get through, that's trash. If it's an event like where you're, like Kyle's getting at, where you're taking over a, or a castle, whatever, a sieging castle, and they're actually defending that castle in an active environment, no longer the trash, it's the enemy you have to get through. The key, though, is how they do that and what strategy is involved. Because if it's just you're spamming, attacking a wall until it falls down and you go and you spam a boss until he's dead, uh, I think a lot of people now want or desire raids that involve strategy to them and aren't just we are casting on this boss until he's dead. And so they want to move and they want to have like, here's what we have to do. A lot of people like that dance of a boss fight where you have to go to here and then you move to here and then you do this and everyone has to attack at this point. Raid awareness. Exactly. And so I think that's something a lot of raiders are looking for. And when they hear there are no raids or, well, there's going to be, you're going to assault a castle or whatever. They're like, "Uh, okay, but what do we actually do? Where's the, the, the strategy involved? Whereas, and to them, that's fun. To me, that's a lot of hard work. But to a, a lot of like big raiders, that's that's the fun part. And so I think that's something they need to consider. With that said, though, I feel like when they said there are no raids, it was less talking to like our group here and more to Elder Scrolls fans in general, saying, "Hey, look, this isn't going to be just an MMO. There's going to be a lot of stuff for you, the wide audience, to play. So don't assume that you're going to be coming to a new Warcraft. This is an entirely different game." Come join us. I think that's where they were going with that, but I didn't. I'm not the PR guy, so I have no clue. So well, here's the only thing that concerns me, and I'm I'm playing devil's advocate here again, specifically to stir the pot to generate conversation. Mm-hmm. But what concerns me relative to what your statements are, and I get them, is it's August. 
this game was supposed to be released in 2013. There's only four months left in a year. And so if they don't have that communicated now as to what the end game is, and they were going to originally release this year, that concerns me. Well, just, just to clarify, it was a... Go ahead. Uh, Did we lose him? <laughs> Andy Frost. Uh, uh, he might have been about to say that our That's Adventure Zone's even coming out at launch. Because I thought I had read that they weren't coming out at launch. So go ahead, Road. Well, our Adventure Zone's even coming out. I mean, from what I understand, they're not coming out until later on down the line. So I it's going to be a post-launch thing. I think that's a mistake. You Meaning need to come that with they're everything. not at launch? Yeah. I don't think that's correct. Uh, no, I, they're I, there. I, I think as part of the, the release date pushback, that's something that they're targeting for release now. Okay, and in yeah. fact, in that recent MMORPG interview, Paul Sage referenced their Adventure Zones as saying that you know, we're going to have large group instances. He specifically said instances. I think that it's was an interesting stuff, yes. choice of vocab word uh, that has a lot of connotations. But large group instances, and he said, while we're not calling them raids internally, that's what you might be safest in imagining. So yeah. I think that goes a lot of the way towards maybe saying that for, for MMO veterans who want to raid, there will be something similar, if not... A direct replica. So assuming that they were going to release in 2013, though, and I'm, I'm kind of being a nit here and I'm not letting it go, and you can see in the upper left or right, I guess, of your screen that Forrest kind of dropped. We'll get him back in a sec. Um, assuming that they were going to release in, in 2013, isn't now the kind of the timeline that they should have either A, had that information set up to be communicated to us, B, had open betas set up. I mean, I understand that they are, are setting it back to 2014, so I'm cool. Well, maybe that's part of the reason why they held it back. Right, but Eight I mean... Eight months is a long time, but, so but, maybe yeah, they're but, saving it to keep that hype train going so right, people he, don't forget this game before it even comes out, so maybe they're saving it. Yeah. Right, but I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're not going to communicate that message, that means that you have to change what you're doing. I mean, the, the, the concept shouldn't have changed. Maybe the development... Mm-hmm cycle and the engineering rigor needed to create or get the game working in that vein would make sense that they had to elongate that out to 2014 but shouldn't that concept in terms of the game development in terms of their design and where they want to go have already been clear or do you think they're trying to reiterate and come up with a new thing uh well mark if if i can answer your question i i don't think um, we've had anything that, that suggests that their message regarding what's going to be in the game has been very unclear. Um, th- we do know, okay, that there obviously there's going to be a leveling experience from 1 to 50, that uh, the, the roles of tank heals and DPS are, are going to, to be experienced, but in a, in a new and different way or different enough way where it's, it's not readily uh, prevalent all throughout gaming. And then there's going to be end game uh, adventure zones. All right, Le- level fifty plus plus areas, level fifty plus areas. These are the adventure zones. Instancing will be a big part of the game. PvP is going to be a tremendous part of the game. Um, they've exp- explained what we can experience in Cyrodiil. None of these messages have ever changed. Um, what I've seen change. Hold is- on, let me let me jump in. So what everyone sure. is seeing right now is the fact that what happens when Skype loses a call. <laughs> everybody, everybody <laughs> shifted, especially when using screen regions. So I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he's back. 
Hey, Dennis is coming back. It looks Yay. like. Wait, you ruined everything. <laughs> I just leveled up into Tiso cast. I was just trying to get used to my new abilities. We had switched. It was confusing. I didn't know where I was. All right, there we go. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta love Skype. Exciting. Uh, that's so. So everyone who's watching, that's what happens when you're utilizing Skype as your medium. And the reason why it's so laggy is I'm, I've got nine different calls on this Skype channel. So uh, that's what's. What's dragging it out, and then I'm using XSplit to project it out through Twitch. So, uh, proceed. <laughs> <laughs> I need a drink after that one. Oh <laughs> Go for it. Go for it, Superman. <laughs> hey. Um, so you know what I have seen change, though, and I'll, I'll keep it short. Is is just uh, sort of sort of uh, their approach a little bit. Um, I, I think the marketing has changed a little bit. Obviously, the timescale in which they're looking to release has has definitely changed, and I think their their messaging, as far as um, what what is I their, their, their marketing has changed ever so slightly. And what is their marketing to guilds? Because right now, I'm not clear. I mean, and I'll be honest, I, I'll kick the hornet's nest on this one. I have no clue what to think anymore as a guild leader. I yeah. run a pretty big guild. So I'm concerned. I need clearer messaging because I need to understand. I mean, obviously, we're going for this game full bore. But for guilds that are not serious yet, that are still trying to figure out if this is the next, air quotes, big thing to jump into, it's not enough information out there. And I've talked well, to guild leaders all the time. I'm almost like a consulting service, if, that, you know, if you will. Honestly, Mark, looking from, from a developer standpoint, they don't want to give information out that is not... If you're doing something brand new, right? like a new way of rating or a new way of doing that kind of system, just right. trying to come out with a text, trying to explain it, is going to give the entire wrong posi- position on it. They want to make sure it's ready, polished, and then announce it, show it to people. That way everyone has a clear understanding of what it is and not just put out some quick information to get everyone confused on it. So how should they message that to guilds? Because i got to say, I mean, I'm going for it right or wrong because I'm vested. You know, I'm doing this show for God's sakes with you guys. I'm vested. I'm going full bore, and I'm and I'm trying to make this successful. But for all these folks who are concerned, who are complaining, who are they're asking me for advice, what needs to change in their messaging so that guild leaders can try to say, "Hey, this is something that we need to go for"? Because I mean, they I'm need, not getting a clear, concise message anymore. They need to wait. They need until, to. Be, I'm sorry, Brian. Go ahead. They need to be upfront and honest with the information they have right now. Paul Sage put it perfectly when he when he said, "We just need to be honest with what's going on." You know, um, whatever they have, if they're sitting on information that they're not too sure what they want to do with guilds, understandable. But Mark, you're 110 percent correct when you when you bring up these these issues, and I've seen these inside inside guilds that I'm involved in as well. No one knows what's going on, and the multi guild thing has everyone quaking in their boots. As if you're a guild leader, what I believe Zoss should come out and say is. We, we know this to be true about guilds in, in Elder Scrolls Online. Here it is. For, for you know, good or, or bad, for, for better or for worse, this is what we're doing and this is concrete. Everything else we're working on. And if they've done that already and if all of the information that they have right now that they know is concrete is already out there, then good on them, but they should probably come out and, and if they haven't already said this, and I don't think they have, they should they should probably say this is definitely concrete. This is definitely what we know. Anything else is still subject to change. To to follow up on that, I think that um, 
I think their PvP system is a hugely important cornerstone of the game that up to this point has been muted. Arguably, that is the game. (laughs) Yeah, arguably that is the game. That is like their core differentiating thing that, you know, this was the model that they were intending to adopt from from square one, that the Dayok model. And that's a huge deal for the game. It's it's huge. And I think that once that gets out, and if they do a good job of exposing the community to their PvP system and marketing that PvP system in an intelligent way, then that will do a, a lot towards what you're talking about, about convincing guilds that this is something to look at. Because guilds, as a core organizational unit in an MMO... There's a lot of advantages to to guilds in terms of the their you know communication, their ability to plan PvP, their ability to you know uh, jointly you know work on their campaign, work on taking keeps together. You know you can claim a keep as a guild, and you can you know hold it against the attacking you know hordes of the other two alliances. Like these are really awesome mechanics that I think a lot of guilds are going to go for. So. Cyrodiil as a, a really important facet of their game is something that also I think, you know, that's going to have to take center stage at some point. So, so Road, where do you stand in terms of guild perspective going forward? Not not trying to pick on you. I mean, no, it's fine. Honestly, I'm I'm kind of confused about the whole guild thing entirely. You know, I'm a part of Legend Gaming, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Uh, what what? That's right. <laughs> It's kind of a concern of ours right now, at least as far as I've seen, with the, you know, be part of five guilds thing, because we're more of a family type, just like yours is, where we're more of an inclusive guild, but we like to interact with other guilds, but being that there's five guilds, I mean, or the ability to be in five guilds, which are cross-faction, you know, where's the community? Where's the family? See, that's the you thing You can is- be anywhere, anytime, and the auction houses will be distributed Instead of being an auction house, it'll be through guild stores, and it just seems like it seems like you're required to be in multiple guilds. No, rather than being, it's called choice, and that's one thing that ESO is being very good about is giving that choice. You don't have to join multiple guilds. No one's saying you have to. If you want to be in one guild as a community, you do that. If you want to join multiple, you do that. I think the for me personally, I think the idea of having multiple guilds is a brilliant idea. Um, it, that's a great idea for the individual, but how does that positively impact the guild? Because I, I got to say, as a guild leader, I'm very concerned about that. And I'm selfish. I, I, I will admit, mm-hmm. I am completely 100% selfish. Legend Gaming, we work closely with those guys in tour, and we're trying to do some stuff in World of Darkness in like 18 years when that game comes out. Exactly. And and yeah. and, and we've done stuff in Guild Wars 2. So I mean that right there that those are two guilds that work together closely. You know, big good game, good guild well, rather. But Mark, but my point is I get concerned when I have people who are transients who come through because now I'm like, well, why are you here? Are you here for Guild Umbra because you care about moving us forward and then being a part of moving forward and doing cool stuff and hanging out? Or are you just here because we raid on Tuesdays and then on Thursdays you raid with that other girl or whatever it is you do? I- I'm, I'm, I'm just being completely honest here. I'm trying to say that is a concern. And Jesse brought it up on the first show that we did. That <laughs> we wish that we had some kind of meter or monitor or metric that would state... Joe Blow 
has logged into this guild within the last 10 days, I'm trying to say, like, why would I care about having 50 other transients? That's that, that's why I mentioned maybe I don't get it. that you, you as a guild leader should have the choice to make your guild mandatory that you can only be in this one guild. I think that should be a choice of guild leaders. I, I, and I mean, you I have agree. a small guild. Yeah. I think having the... Uh, like guild leader giving him the ability like you were just talking about to see all the stats and all the things mm-hmm. see who people are that would be much more effective than saying you can't do this or you can't do that yeah I, I think joe's right on this that that being able to go from guild to guild do what you want you know what that's a player's prerogative but they should have the choice whether they want to stick around and help you or they want to go experience the game their own way they should be limited but with that said uh, it's going to make running a guild a, 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 a big pain just because of that nature. So what if the players you're have to spend your time marketing your guild 24-7. What if the players are, are logged into all guilds at the same time? And not just that's how picking it is one. Set. That's, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be set. You don't have works. to... Well, I'm going to log into Guild Umbra today. Don't you think that's an important bit of information <laughs> that they need to release to guild leaders now? I mean, I understand the game's kind of coming out in 2014, so I'm assuming that's a year from today. I'm assuming that's August 2014. I have to God, plan. I People, here's, here's maybe I'm being a nit right here. So let me derail you the, are. Let me derail this show. Nit. <laughs> unless you're just a bunch of 10 guys who just like each other who want to play together and just throw together a guild and it may or may not succeed if you want to have a guild that's going to last more than six months and you know our guild's going on five years if you want a guild that's going to last for a long time it takes six plus months to plan for an mmo to try to identify who's going to be the leadership of that game because very rarely does an entire guild just pick up and play a new game that it does happen, but it's rare. Normally what happens is you have chapters that branch out, and then over time the old game dies and they kind of all migrate to the new game. Or if you're a multi-gaming guild like Legend Gaming or Guild Umbra, you will identify chapters that will run that game. That takes long amounts of planning to identify the leadership, to identify the infrastructure, to and identify the website so people can get the information, to identify how you're going to do PvP, how you're going to do PvE, how you're going to have your economy set up, how you're going to have your social dynamic, what are your recruitment events going to be. It's a lot of stuff. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm getting zero information on guild stuff. It is freaking me out. You're telling me that it's a multi-gaming community. I don't see any way to try to control my people other than the people that are coming as an organic movement from game X to game Y. How do I manage all these transients that are going to come through in-game? That that not concerns to me. That, they're, not sorry. to mention that you may have to deal with people who are interested in being in your guild for access to the guild store. I mean, they're planning to partition their economy into modules where the guild is an economic unit as well as a social unit. And how does that partitioning of the game economy affect your options as a guild leader or as a recruiter or as as people who are moving in and out of your organization? Exactly. I I mean, it takes about six months to a year. No, 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 no. It takes about six months to a year to spin up a chapter that is in good stead to play a new MMO so that you don't just go in there and fall out. Because that's the difference between a guild like Legend Gaming that walks in there day one all prepared and a a guild where you're walking around 
and people are just hitting you in general chat going or sending random invites to people that are that are yeah. walking around. I mean, that is a big difference. So I, I think there are two major things here that we need to, to remember. One, that while we, us here, are all like, like, yeah, let's go guild this thing up and we're very hardcore about that endgame stuff, a vast majority of people will not. And so I, I think that on their end, Zoss is, is not entirely focused on us. Uh, but at True. the same time, I would say that we are, you know, high-end guilds are the ones that are, like, going to give the most press to yeah. a game. But whatever, you know. But <laughs> um, uh, but but with that said, I think that the majority... <laughs> just saying. Yeah. The, the, the majority of big gaming companies aren't thinking about the, the one or two really big guilds. They're thinking about how they can make everyone happy. And with that also said, the other point I wanted to make was that... Eh, think about six months ago. Our perception of this game was totally different than it is now. And I feel like in another six months, that will probably change again. And so I think uh, the smart thing they're doing right now is, is I'd rather have you say, I don't know what's happening. What is happening? Than be like, what they told us sucks. So yeah. I would, I would if, if I was them, Very I would wait six months and be like, you know what? Let them freak out. And six months will tell them everything, and then yep. they'll be like, oh, well, we're happy now. So t- Exactly, Jess. I do want to point out one thing. This is why we know nothing about Titan yet. Blizzard's figured this whole <laughs> thing out. Didn't they cancel that That's because they scrapped it and started over. <laughs> yeah, but, that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. over. <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah, so that's what we're going to do. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Even with that, everyone was like, oh, Titan, that's going to be great. And they're like, no, it's scrapped. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, no one cares because no one knew anything. And so I exactly. feel like by right. Zoss not telling us anything, they can do whatever they want without right. us having a negative reaction. If you think back to Diablo 3 when that game was coming out, it was one game, and all of a sudden they're like, it's totally different now. And someone in this chat with us, Dennis, he and I were so excited <laughs> for the game, and they're like, oh, by the way, we're changing everything that you loved about it. Like, what? So that was like. That year up until the release of that game was such a mess because they, they had these systems that they were talking about for years that they completely scrapped and the entire community was like, like flipping out about it. There's and understandably so, so, not, so. Yeah, them not saying anything I think is saving them a lot more pain than just us right now being like, tell us things because we want to know because we're like, we, we thrive on this information. But I think them keeping quiet is probably long term better for them. And probably better for the game. So, There's two so, things so to I consider point, here. We're the vocal minority, and I, and I will give you that. I mean, the only thing that gets me through the day, because there are other, you know, we we beta test a lot of games. I'm sure Legend Gaming does the same thing. We we test out their in game for them or help them out, and they give us information, they give us feedback, and then they change it and whatever. The one consistently good thing is that dealing with you know Zenimax and the folks and even you know they're here in chat and supporting us is that they've all been cool and they've all been yeah. completely motivated about their game and they've all been mm-hmm. positive there are some companies that I've worked with uh, either testing their game testing their end game playing their game that are dicks that's the technical term by the way <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, I thought it apt. Yeah, and 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 they're acting like you know they're doing us a favor, and I'm you know so 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 hats off to Zenimax. I'm not complaining because I'm upset. I'm complaining because I'm concerned in a positive way. Yeah, there's two things so you got to consider about this, guys, about the information and the lack of of guild information. One, the vast majority of their main player base coming to them are used to one player games, thus the Elder Scrolls fan base. That's yes. going to be a big, big focus for them. 
Second, it's closed beta. They're throwing a whole bunch of systems they have planned, they have developed at a wall, proverbial wall, and seeing what sticks. What people like, what people don't like. So going out saying, yeah, we want to do this, this, and this, and saying, oh, you know what? People didn't like it. We're not going to do it. We're doing this. That's going to cause a lot more of an issue, like Jess was saying, than just not saying anything about it yet, period. True. So let's completely derail this and go off the rails and change this and talk about the other big event that happened over the weekend. Mm -hmm. So uh, EverQuest Next. Anybody ever heard of that? Yeah. What is that? Uh Sounds like crap. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> uh, Minecraft meets World That's of Warcraft. Jeff, yeah, I still want Jeff Butler to re- answer his damn cell phone messages. But anyway, anywho, what what was thought of about EverQuest Next, which is a completely other MMO from Sony Online Entertainment? Did that derail or take any thunder away from what was going on at QuakeCon? Anybody? Um, nope. Because I, it's a whole I different beast. Um, you have to consider the fact that ESO, we've been hearing about it for a long time, and then for EverQuest Next, the only thing we knew before this point was that it was called EverQuest Next. So everything we heard was completely new, and so it was much more of a hype storm than, than you know showing gameplay of ESO. Well, this is also version 3 of EverQuest Next. Well, they haven't they seen anything before this, right? right? Well, yeah. They have videos and such pieces, about... Not much. Well, well, Brian, what, do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, you have to respect the fact that they're comp- two completely different monsters. The you know, Esso is going to get the. But they're both hack and slash. They're both sword and sorcery. I mean, I don't know on. if you can truly say that yet. We haven't seen I enough know, of you can't. EQNX to really know if you can Brian's confirm right. that way. But, they both have their um, cult followings, though. Right, I mean, you have exactly. the people that have been playing yeah, Quest for years, yeah. just like you have the test players that have been playing mm-hmm. that for years. Yeah, and they're, they're going to be more play interested the in Esso. EverQuest yeah. Next, from what we've seen and what the videos are out there, is Minecraft meets World of Warcraft. They're having a heavy focus building World of Minecraft. Exactly. That's exactly exactly what it looks like. It has the architecture, the look of World of Warcraft. With the if you there's videos out there of them actually showing building in in EverQuest Next, and it's literally taking blocks and placing them. All right. That's landmark, though. That's just landmark, yeah. Make sure people don't know there's well, two different gonna games. Well, it's going to be in ES, the EverQuest Next, but, they're saying. It's going to be a part the, of the it. Thing that, the thing that's really happening is that they are, and I think uh, Elder Scrolls needs to do this, the EverQuest people are controlling their message, and so what they're showing people is things that they want them to see that are that are sort of like angled and slanted and a little fancier than what they actually are. If you look, at, for example, the one with the big giant guy who walks up, smashes the trees, and breaks down a building, the trees just sort of explode upward and fall <laughs> over. And the yeah, building, like when he smashes yeah. it, yeah, when he smashes the building, the building, the dust goes in front of the screen so you can't see, and then it transitions to a, a crumpled building. And so right. it's like, really, there was nothing spectacular there. It's okay looking, but there's nothing great there. It just was delivered in a way that people were like, holy crap, are you saying that in this game you can do this? And I think Elder Scrolls needs to control their message just like that. And So when yes. they release the information that you're looking for about guilds or about raids or about endgame, that it's just as polished as that uh, EverQuest Next stuff was. So even if there are things that people would complain about normally... When they see it, they're so blown away, away by what they're seeing that they don't notice the tiny things like trees shooting straight up and then falling over. <laughs> Dem trees. Okay. I mean, they definitely orbit in the same universe, but they're, they're on different development tracks by a long ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see how they co-evolve if they affect each other in any way, but I'm not sure mm-hmm. I would call it that way at this point. 
And, and the other important thing to keep in mind is EverQuest Next is probably a good two to three years off. Yeah. So mm-hmm. right. we won't be seeing. <clears throat> I, I think, as far as hype is concerned, though the the old the old hype train. You know, uh, the Elder Scrolls Online definitely had the hype train rolling with the live stream, and then when when you know EverQuest Next came out with their you know their 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 shtick, um, I think it definitely halted or slowed the momentum down for Elder Scrolls Online. I think a lot of attention, you know, walked away from ESO and onto EverQuest Next. Only because it's new, and they're like, right. it's the nature but, of the room. Yeah. But let's also yeah. be honest. I mean, EverQuest Shinies. was the... I mean, there were obviously MUDs, and there were other MMOs before that, but EverQuest, before there was a WoW, which I never True. really played, the word was Evercrack. Yes. People <laughs> played... EQ, because that was the first really, really big MMO, you know, before Meridian 59, which Damien Schubert did before he did whatever you call him doing over at Bioware. uh, Uh, Yeah, I mean, whatever. Let's let's, let's be clear, though. That's like when you talk to people who are like, the 1950s, those were the good old days. Like, that, the 50s, the 50s sucked. They were not great. What are you talking about? Living in a two-bedroom home with four people? Like, like, the, the 50s weren't the, that great. What, I mean, and I think that's what it's talking about here, because you're talking about Ever, like EverCrack, EverQuest. Does anyone even ever mention EverQuest 2 ever? No. Yeah. That is off everyone's yeah. radar. So you can't, you know, like over the years, they've sort of gone off the rails, much like this, this discussion. But <laughs> I feel, but I feel like we can't, you know, we're talking about a time long gone by. And I think a lot of people have that like sort of sentimental, like, oh, EverQuest, you were a thing I used to play and I love you. But <laughs> I, I love feel you, like EverQuest. But I feel like there's, there's no, you can't even associate it with modern gaming because they haven't been on the radar for modern gaming. They, they, well, their additions have been junk. Look, I'm saying it. EverQuest 2 was junk. And so I feel Damn. like. Damn. Oh, my. I, but it had the SWG engine. What are you talking about? Sorry. Ain't nobody played that game. And so I feel like, uh, <laughs> I feel, I feel like that that's not even on the radar. And like, like Dennis said, that's, that's years away. So they've got a lot of time to prove themselves to me. When do so you I'm think not it's even coming concerned. Out? When do you think it's coming out? Oh. If I if I was to bet you a hundred dollars right now, when would you say it's going coming out? Twenty seventeen. If Arwen, when is it coming out? I, yeah, twenty seventeen. I would agree with Jesse. <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> EQ. Net, I have no idea. It, it's twenty thirteen now. Come on, just ballpark, ballpark. Fifteen is two years. Widget. It's, it, there's no way. I'm with Andrew. Fifteen away. So long. Yeah. Um, yeah. They've been in production for a lot longer than what they just announced, guys. So we gotta get that in credit as well. I'm with Andrew. It's gonna be two years away. I mean, well, yeah. Okay. With that said, then I mean, so then uh, what does so then what does what 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 does Elder Scrolls Online have to worry about relative to that to that announcement? Is Mark, there it doesn't. Anything you got to worry about? Nothing. Mark, uh, it doesn't. Yeah. The yeah. the only thing that 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 is relevant to Elder Scrolls Online regarding the the EQN discussion is is simply this that. Elder Scrolls Online had a big live stream going on, had a lot of a lot of hype going toward it, and then EQN made their theirs as well, and it sort of stole some of the hype away. But but for those of us who are really looking forward to to Elder Scrolls Online, 
it's going to level out. It's leveling out now. No one, I mean, yeah, okay, both things happened. Both were exciting, but the fans mm-hmm. that are waiting for Elder Scrolls Online or who are mildly interested are going mm-hmm. to continue to follow it just like they're going to continue to follow and, and- EverQuest next. Can I can I just say something? I want to make sure you all know that uh, yes, EverQuest uh, is going to be a ways off now, but still, EverQuest land, uh, next landmark is coming out this winter. It's going to be a game among itself where you can build stuff. There's guilds, there's quests, there's stuff to find, materials, and all that stuff. So just keep in mind, you know, EverQuest next is going to be here, just not in its full fledged form. It's going to be its own separate standalone game. But just keep in mind, it's going to be around while ESO is going on. I'm not saying it's going to compete at all. I'm just making sure you guys it realize it's, it's like, a, it's like a prettier Minecraft. That's, I'm sure that's a different. I agree, audience. but it's I'm so, just making sure you all know that it is going to be around. Yeah, back ESO back is, on ESO though. I, I think <laughs> I think ESO really is. I mean, it's, I think it's the master of its own destiny because as a triple A big budget fantasy MMO, it and and the timing of other games that have are before it or coming far after it. I mean, it is standing alone as a game that can succeed or fail on its own terms. And, I mean, ZeniMax has things that they can do to make sure that it falls into the succeed category. And I think we've been talking about some of those. But um, I'm not sure that if ESO fails, it's not going to be EQ Next's fault. If no, ESO right. fails, no, it will be no. ESO's fault. And I, I, you know, I, I really hope that doesn't happen. I think and that's I don't, a I don't great point. I think it will, but... I think that's a great point because, you know, the thing that's going to be dropping that's sword and sorcery, hack and slash, however you want to call it, over the next, you know, couple months is what, um, Final Fantasy fourteen, the reboot of that game. I mean, there are people who are swaying and jumping on that bandwagon, but I think it's more for the fact that uh, people want to play something other than WoW and they're waiting for Elder Scrolls. So, even though, even within my own guild, you know, we're setting up a charter to to do that. I don't. I'm sure Legend Gaming is doing the same thing. Um, maybe, maybe not. But the point is, is you know, people, yes, are jumping on a bandwagon to do that game to play something together. But I get the feeling that that's a temporary kind of thing. You know, I think it's a. I'm going to play this until Elder Scrolls comes out. You know, I hear that. I don't know if you guys are hearing or get the same kind of feeling. Anybody? And- and, no, and the reason why people feel that way is because the same problem with all MMOs, and I think going back to the Elder Scrolls sort of uh, discussion of its own destiny, uh, Final Fantasy XIV, a lot of people want to play it because it looks cool and it, it's different. The music's like legitimately great. There's a lot of stuff to it, but no one, ex- no one has like long-term aspirations to be a great raider in Final Fantasy XIV. No one that I, people are just like, it'll be fun. I'll play it. It looks cute. Like, no one's actually going all out for that game. And I feel like uh, the the key to the Elder Scrolls' success will be, like we talked about almost every one of these, and I feel like we are hammering this home, that Endgame must <laughs> exist in, like, not just I'm doing dailies, but, like, there must be, con- <laughs> there must be content, and there must be ever-changing content, and there must be things to keep people there. Because what makes games last seven, eight, ten years is when you have end game content that allows people to group together, those people form bonds, and those bonds are what keep people playing. You don't come back because you want to see what's going to happen in the game. You come back because you want to get involved with your friends and yes. you want to play with the people you met in that game. And Absolutely. so 
the key is them at launch having enough endgame content where you don't get bored, so you leave that community, and the community trickles down and dies. So the longer you keep them playing, and the more you keep them doing that's engaging and, and interactive with other people, that's how you keep your game alive. And that, that's where they determine their fate, because if that doesn't exist, that's how the game dies. Simple as that. Sounds good. Well, if, if PvE endgame fails, we have PvP endgame and all that yeah. goodies. That's a well, that's a different crowd, though. Unfortunately, I mean there is cro- there yeah, is crossover. Then, keep in mind, there's questing, which is going to be fun because you'll always have to be looking behind your back because you might have an actual player coming to kick you in the butt. So it'll, it'll be, be interesting fun. to see. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I recall them saying that part of Cyrodiil was you would gain control of the zone and there would be PVE within that. Is that Pretty much, yes, yes. There will yeah. be towns. If your alliance owns, you know, the forts around that town, then you'll be able to, you know, mingle with all those guys. You'll have friendly guards there and everything. And but a bunch were there, of were there dungeons? Were there dungeons? Yep, there are public dungeons as well. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I think that's going to be a big thing. Like if if whatever loot comes from that or whatever incentive comes from that PVE aspect of Cyrodiil, that could push a lot of endgame guilds that aren't maybe necessarily that into PVP to that zone. So if Cyrodiil is as big of a part of the endgame as we think it is, if the PvE within that is also very incentivized, then that, that's going to help put some more crossover into that, I think. There's also a lot of players who don't know yet whether they're going to fall in love with ESO's PvP. I think for people who didn't play Dayok, really you have no way to know if you're going to love this system. Can you elaborate you can say, on oh, but I played Guild Wars. Oh, but I played Warhammer Online. Pale Shadow. Pale Shadow of what Dayok was. And if I mean, I think that people are going to there's a lot of people that are going to be seeing that system, which is hopefully a true recreation of that type of game for the first time. And they may love it, even if they thought in past games, oh, I wasn't into arena or oh, I wasn't into queuing war zones. You know, it's entirely different. Well, anything else from this weekend that you guys want to do before we wrap this up? I mean, we've actually gone pretty long in the show, hour and a half. No, I think we did pretty good today, guys. Very good. Well, Ivarwin, I want to personally thank you for helping us come up with the uh, show notes and the content for this week. I was on travel last week, so uh, sure. you totally saved my bacon. It was uh, my pleasure to save your bacon, good sir. <laughs> He's uh, kind of kick-ass at that kind of thing. Well, all right. Um, let's go around the horn real quick. We'll uh, we'll go counterclockwise. Force, uh, thank you again for coming out to the show. We really do appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, we can get you to come out to a future show. Absolutely. Um, and uh, maybe we can do some other stuff together. So if you could just go ahead and plug away on how people can find your content and contact you. Sure. Um, I've got a website, forcestrategygaming.com, and then also my YouTube channel is uh, youtube.com slash forcesc2strategy. I used to be really into StarCraft a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I do general <laughs> gaming coverage, obviously Elder Scrolls Online coverage as well, and stuff like that. Very cool. Brian, let's hear about the whole Game Skinny thing. Um, so I'm over at Game Skinny, and anybody and everybody can come in and make an account and post an article, uh, maybe even commentating on uh, what we've talked about here tonight, whatever you want. And we also have editors that come through and will edit your posts and make it look perfect. And uh, we'll try and share it out for you and get an audience. And then also, since we are talking so much about guilds, we also run guildlaunch.com where you can come and make your own site. Outstanding. Mr. Rode. 
All right. If you'd like to get a hold of me or find any of my content, you can do so by going to twonkhammer.com, which is where we post all of our episodes of TisoCast. If you'd like to stalk me, you can do so on Twitter <laughs> at that road guy. Hey, I love stalkers. It's all good. And of course, if you'd also like to find me with uh, the guild community that I'm a part of, I am part of Legend Gaming or their uh, ESO branch, Vokandine. All right, Kyle, which I do apologize. This is Josh. Yes, I am actually Kyle here. Uh, you can, uh, pretty much the best place to go to is uh, shoddycast.com. You'll see all our videos there. You'll also see uh, portals to our Twitter and Facebook. I just wanted to mention that we do have a bunch of different lore videos coming out. So uh, if you like any kind of gaming lore out there in a very entertaining way, uh, head over to shoddycast.com and check it all out. And I do have to congratulate you on the new lore videos and the way you're putting that together. It's awesome. Sorry, sorry, Joe. Shoot. I just cu- cursed at minute Beat. one, one hour <laughs> thirty-two. You can, run, you can put it down, Joe. Already marked. All right, guys. Quest Gaming Network is who we are, and we do else with off the record. If you go to iTunes and search off the record, you can find all our shows there. Go to questgamingnetwork.com. That is also where you can find all of our shows. Or if you're more interested in Ellis Rolls, go to Ellis Rolls off the record at elsewithoffthecord.com. Email us, elsewhereoffthereco at gmail.com. We have a Twitch channel that runs six to seven nights a week, four to six hours per day for gaming content. That's twitch.tv forward slash network. You can follow us on Twitter at questgaming or and as well at, at OTR. Very cool, very cool. Andrew. Tamriel hey guys, Foundry. my name is Andrew, aka Atropos from Tamriel Foundry. It's a place on the internet. We uh, get really into talking about ESO, and sometimes cool stuff happens. So check us out. And don't you do like a like a podcast every now and then? Um, I sometimes guest on podcasts, but we do have a podcast on Tamriel Foundry called the ESO Shot. One of our contributors, Sparhawk, does that every week, and it's, it's like a short, to the point, you know, five minute summary of like the latest happenings and what he. I think he does a great job of it being like an entertaining thing. So you can check that out on our YouTube. Outstanding. Ivarwin, how can folks get a hold of you or see your content? Uh, what Joe said, questgamingnetwork.com. There you go. Sweet. Jesse. All right, nerds. Uh, you can go <laughs> to <laughs> jessecox.com because now that just goes to my YouTube page. So save yourself the trouble and go there. Uh, Jessicox on the Twitter. And more importantly, more important than life itself. Next Friday, the 16th, uh, we are doing a 20th anniversary of Secret of Mana live stream here on Twitch. We're going to play through the entire game just for funsies. Yes. And prepare yourself. If you watch the Final Fantasy VI one, that was nutso. This one will be just as good. All the hashtags, all the fun. Watch that. It'll be wonderful. Is there anything that we can do um, to help you promote that? Uh, just show up and come say hi, and then I'll be like, you should tweet about this. <laughs> that, I mean, that like, I mean, it, it's not even it's not even for promotional purposes. Just cause them old RPGs, man, those were my inspirations as a kid, and I love them to death. So that's our thing. That's what we're gonna do. So if you want to watch, come on, uh, come and join us, and I'll I'll hook you guys up with like speaker things, and you can harass us. And but you're required to make a hashtag if you show up. You need a good hashtag. We had some great ones, like Swagger Jacker last time for a thief. I still don't know what that means, but the kids got it, and so they're very cool with that. It's all about so come, the kids. Yeah, come watch it. It'll be fun. 
All right. Someone who jacks your swag, son. I, I'm aware of that. I don't know what either of those... <laughs> All right, well, I'm Mark Taylor, a.k.a. Lord Hammer from GuildUmber.com. Uh, we are actually recruiting for ESO. It's a your way, um, amongst other things. And uh, so I appreciate everybody for coming out. I appreciate all the folks in chat. I appreciate Buttnicks, Sorshard, uh, Quinnell, Death Dealer, and all the other moderators who are actually helping out. Uh, also, Xenonex, uh, I can't forget my Scotsman. Uh, so thank you so much for coming out. Uh, also, thank you to uh, Jess Falsum, uh, Gina Bruno, and all the uh, developers that actually came out and hung out in the chat. We really appreciate it. And uh, so we'll probably do this in another uh four, five, six weeks. We try to not do it too often because we don't want to cannibalize organic content that each of the individual contributors would create. However, we do want to have meaningful discussion. We do want to try to keep the dialogue going forward. We really, really, really want Elder Scrolls to be online to be the best game it can be. So again, we thank you all. Um, Have a great uh, weekend. It's a Friday, so you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Take care.